Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live.
to read and respond to all show tweets. If you want to learn more about me, the show, or the show legends, then journey on over to TalkToQ.com. And if you can't listen to the entire show live, then you can find T2Q on iTunes and just pick up where you left off. Maintenance complete. T2Q radio show number what, 613 starts right after this word from thecrystalshow.com. This wild thing. And you tuned in to the hottest show on the globe, The Crystal Show. I might get your song played on the radio station. I might get your song played on the radio station. The Crystal Show is back with great new musical artist interviews, great author interviews, get crystallized celebrity buzz, and all of the funny, entertaining insights that you have grown to love about The Crystal Show. Let's not forget about our great segment from a pimp's perspective with Eminem himself. Stream the podcast that will air every Thursday and Saturday. Hit subscribe on thecrystalshow.com to stay up to date on the newest podcast. See you there, baby. My thanks to thecrystalshow.com for being a friend of the show. 347-202-0215 is the number on the Talk to Q radio show. To the phone lines I go to the 850 area code, the Emerald Coastline of Pensacola, Florida, to welcome on the man in black making his way to the ring, the Buckster. What's up, Buck? What's up, Buck? What up, what up? Okay, there we How's go. How's everybody doing? How are we doing this evening, sir? Doing well, man. How are you? Outstanding. About the damn melt and all this damn humid humid weather down here in sunny Pensacola. But uh, humidity is a little bit lower today than it has been in the last few. But heat index is still over 100, so it is what oh, it yeah. is. Yeah, it's hot, and I saw someone in downtown Jackson today wearing a trench coat. So go figure. Well, he probably had that damn gun ready to blast somebody. So you know you see trench coats in in Jackson. In you middle, never in know. The middle of downtown. You know you somebody never know. to get jacked. Mm-hmm. To the 517 area code, I go to the Motor City of Detroit to welcome on the author, the hostess, the show legend, What's up, Chris? Thank you. How are you? I am outstanding. How are you? I'm fine. Hey, Buck. Yeah. Hey, Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> I got a chuckle from it. That's pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah, you did pretty well. All right. To the 813 area code I go, which is, I believe, down in Tampa, Florida. I'm guessing this is Dre. You already know who it is, people. I'm coming to steal grandmamas, aunties, and godmamas. <laughs> <laughs> hey, What's up, Dre? Dre? <laughs> hey, sweetie. Hey. What was happening, man? Steve, thank you for having what me up? on the show. It's always such a pleasure. Not a problem, sir. Not a problem. 
And we will go ahead and jump into these topics. 347-202-0215 is the number on the Talk to Q radio show. All right. Um, all right. We all heard the Jesse Williams speech by now, I'm pretty sure. And over the weekend, someone filed a petition um, at change.org to have him removed from Grey's Anatomy, from his show. Um, this young lady said, and I quote, Jesse Williams spewed a racist hate speech against law enforcement and white people at the BET Awards. Um, her name is Erin Smith. She also said, if this was a white person making the same speech about an African-American, they would have been fired and globally chastised, as they should be. But there has been no consequences to Williams' actions, end quote. Crystal, uh, let's just start here first. Was Jesse Williams' BET Award speech on Black Lives Matter divisive in any way, in your opinion? No, I don't think so. I don't think so at all, because he was um, speaking specifically to an audience um, who needed to hear what he had to say, number one. Uh, Number two, I don't think he was chastising white people. I think he was just talking about the situation of what's going on and you know sometimes the truth hurts and you don't they don't like looking at the truth of what's actually happening um you know in our communities and our communities means you know the entire US of A I mean it's, it's everywhere it's, and it affects everyone you can't just wish it away you can't just look the other way and think oh well that's just something you see on TV it's real and that's what he was trying to make sure that everybody remembered that it is real. So I don't think he was being divisive at all. And Buck, what do you think? I don't think so. I mean, I don't think he was being divisive at all. And uh, what a, a lot, I mean, this, uh, whoever this Miss Smith lady is doesn't realize because it's something that she does not see in her community. This is something that happens in, in our community all the time. Um, it even happens outside of our community. It's a problem in the United States, and it needs to be addressed. And, I mean, he decided that this is a platform that, you know, he needed to address it, and it needs to be addressed. Um, so, you know, when you're not part of the element, you know, like this lady is, she doesn't understand it and doesn't have to live with that every day. I mean, she has – I mean, there's freedom in this country, to, but it's freedom to a point. And – she does not realize that. So, I mean, you know, she's not one that has to be inside and not worry about when you see a cop pull up on your bumper and those types of things and, you know, worried about being pulled over for nothing and being searched for nothing and being harassed for nothing because it doesn't, you know, it, not saying it doesn't happen in their community also because I'm quite sure that there have been several instances where it does, but it happens in ours a whole lot more often than theirs. And Dre, what do you think, man? Um, I, I, a lot of people I, thought that I, his, you know, what do you think? I agree with what Buck says because they didn't, they don't have that. What what happens in our community? In our community, until until it was broadcast on every Viacom network. I promise you. Had this just been on BET, there wouldn't be no petition. Because exactly. I currently got pre I currently got preempted on Nickelodeon for the BET award. 
So somebody was mad because they couldn't watch Jimmy Neutron. And all of a sudden, not only could not only could not only did you get the BET awards, then you had this man come up here and just basically speak the truth. And it's like, you know, little Johnny's probably like, Mom, what's police brutality? Or something like that. And they're like, I don't know, son. Just ask a black person or whatever. So, I mean, it, it was just, I think it was because of the fact that it was broadcast on all the Viacom networks because they own MTV, BET, VH1, and Nickelodeon. So it was all over the place. So you couldn't help but, unless you just didn't tune into any of those at all, but I promise right. you, if it, had it not been on Nickelodeon or VH1 or something like that, well, I say Nickelodeon more so because that's where, you know, Jimmy Neutron and iCarly I and, all, you know, Glor- Victorious and all other stuff come on. Don't ask why I know those because I just do. But, you do have kids. <laughs> but, but, you know, because of that, that's why this petition came about. And that's why they were like, it was basically they didn't have a choice except to turn the channel, which they didn't, you know, she could have easily turned the channel. You know what's but funny? Knows- you know what's funny about this? Why is it that Grey's Anatomy? You know, you have you know you, this happened when uh, wa- Mr. Washington made a a uh, LGBT LGBT comment. You know, and they got his mm-hmm. ass off of Grey's Anatomy. I mean, mm-hmm, you know, yeah. he was black. He he was black as the ace of spades. Now you got somebody that's you know not black as the ace of spades, but he is black, and mm-hmm. you know, he steps up and speaks the truth. And now they're trying to get him off Grey's Anatomy. At Grey's Anatomy, what the hell is going on? I mean, if you blacking on Grey's Anatomy, you say something out the way, then your ass is out. What the hell right. is going on with that? I mean, somebody <laughs> got to that's stand why up. It's called, that's why it's called Grey's Anatomy, not Black Anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's called Grey. It called Grey Grey Anatomy. It's called Grey's Anatomy because of the damn gray area that that the black folks are playing in, and we are in the damn gray area. <laughs> So yeah. that's great to get Grey's Anatomy, so it's fitting. <laughs> what about? Well, I, I think there's a difference um, between what, um, you know, uh, what Washington said and what, um, you know, what, what's the jiggy said? Well, who's who, Jesse? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and also, I mean, it, it's a little different because, I mean, he was, you know, Isaiah was making an actual. Um, derogatory, literal um, connotation. And, you know, he was. He said, "What was it? Word? I think he actually used the word faggot." I mean, he was angry, and he mm-hmm. made some very horrible statements. So that's one thing. Um, this is not what Jesse has done at all. He's he's making a he made a speech in order to bring about. Um, people to take a look at what's what's going on to shine a little light on it, just the same way as any other actor does when they're standing in front of the Academy Awards. You know, they have their, when they come up to make a, um, to get, have a speech, why say the same thing as everybody else is saying, thank you for this, thank you for that? Why not say, okay, I'm going to bring a little awareness to what means something to me. And there's many actors who do that when they have that platform for those two seconds or whatever just to make their statement. And, and you know, so no one – and there's there's so many platforms that have been spoken about that some people don't agree with and some people do. So, the you know, just I think it's the fact that he is black, um, 
and he, uh, they're probably a little upset at the fact that he looks the way he looks, and he still claims to be black, <laughs> which is beautiful. Okay. Um, and, you know, the, when you talk about Grey's Anatomy, I mean, that's Shondaland. I mean, ABC is all black channel. Okay, so that's, she's taken over. It is beautiful. So I love it. I love the fact that he did that for his particular, what he wanted to say, because that's what artists are about. You know, you have your moment. People are looking at you, and millions, so use it for something worthy, you know, whatever right. that may be. So, so I, anyway, I just think it's still different from what, what Isaiah did. Yeah, Isaiah I, I agree. a little more direct. Yeah, Isaiah, and then nobody said nothing when Marlon Brando, when he got an award back in the 70s, and he had an, an, a Native American lady accept the award for him at the Academy Awards. Nobody said anything about that. And that was more or less a political statement. I mean, I think that Jesse did something that was more inclusive than it was as a bashing or as a racist statement. Because all he said was, don't be a part of the problem in so many words. And he didn't specify white people or cops. I mean, he, he brought everyone into the mix. He, he criticized exactly. everyone, including the people yeah. in the room. And, and yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, and so, really, and truthfully, I mean, he needed to. He that was something that he needed to do. He needed to bring the awareness out, and and what better platform to do it? And I mean, and first of all, I mean, this is the BET award. So, you know, Miss Smith, I mean, you can start a petition and try to try to get him thrown off the show if you want, but let's let's be real about it. And to you know the facts, don't be trying to start petitions. Why don't you look at the facts first before you actually start trying to bring a petition out to throw somebody off and try to. You know, Misery Loves Company, you're trying to take this man's damn livelihood away, and you don't know what's going on. You don't know the facts. So let's, let's look at the facts first, and then once you see the facts, then I think you'll, you'll drop that petition if you're smart. Well, let me, let me mention this first of all. I think what, what makes me applaud him so much is the fact that he knew that it would be this type of reaction, yet he still said what he said. So this is where I applaud him for being braver, braver than – you know, 95% of the other African-American celebrity or black celebrities um, in the world today. He's willing to put his career on the line to try to bring um, take care of some social injustices. But almost 20,000 people have signed the petition to have him removed from Grey's Anatomy. So, Crystal, the petition to move Jesse, remove Jesse Williams from Grey's Anatomy because of his BET speech on Black Lives Matter, is it fair or foul? I mean, are they well within their rights to petition that he gets taken out of there? Well, yeah, I think yeah, I think people are well within their rights to start whatever petition they want to start. It doesn't mean anything is going to happen because a petition only means that I, okay, now I have to look at it. And you know, when you're talking about laws and uh, the government and things like that, um, you have to have a certain amount of um, signatures before you know the president or whomever even looks that way to go, okay, let's take a look at this, let's see what, what they're really talking about and if we need to make changes. But this situation, um, the people who would make, be making the change would be Shonda, <laughs> okay, and, um, uh, and the president probably of the ABC, who was also a black woman. I mean, so these are the people who would be making the changes. And um, she is very, uh, Shonda is very much involved in, in you know, all the shows that she has created. Um, so he's not going anywhere. 
<laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, if if you start pulling, if you start saying, okay, well, the advertisers will pull, you know what? I think that's a slippery slope, and I don't think advertisers will want to do that. That's a that's a bad idea um, financially. So, yep. and he has been he has been very outspoken for years. Um, he was very out outspoken, you know, many times before. So this is just who he is and you know, and people are just actually beginning to hear. Even if they didn't watch the V E T awards, you know, I'm sure they, they heard about it. They heard about it, it was everywhere the next day. So they didn't even have to watch it, the show. They would have uh, heard about it later. Just like with everything on social media. Um I'm sure it made CNN. I mean, um so it's out there. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. And so, um, let let me bring up Justin Timberlake. Now, Justin Timberlake, and this is something <laughs> Crystal, Crystal discussed on her podcast. Justin Timberlake made a few comments after the whole uh, humanitarian award acceptance speech by Jesse Williams. Um, he, you know, basically said he was inspired. And black Twitter <laughs> lit into him. <laughs> they be out of Told someone, "Oh, you sweet soul. The more you realize that we are the same, the more we can have a conversation." Um, and some people kind of tore into him. You know, go ahead and be inspired, but you have a platform to speak up on issues that affect cultures you're appropriating, um, and things of that nature. So. Uh, Dre, what do you think? Was was Justin Timberlake wrongfully attacked by Black Twitter, or should he just not have commented on Jesse on Jesse Williams' speech? Nope, he got beehived and beehived well. So I mean, we I, I, the way I think, the way I see it, because the majority of his listenership are Black people, because that's the genre that he wanted to get into. That's the that's the price you pay. I mean, if you basically a lot of your dollars from a lot of your concerts and a lot of your record sales come from black people because 2020 was basically an R&B album. I mean, he was basically you know uh, John B. 3.0. So you know when he comes out and says something stupid like that, I mean, his thing. My thing was he should have either one or two things: either not said anything or just did a hashtag or like salute or whatever, or just reworded everything the first time. Now, granted, it's 140 characters, so you know you can't do I've tweeted stuff that's like, ooh, that's not going to go over well. But at the same time, I think Justin, I mean, he got what he deserved. I mean, dude, you basically, the only thing saving you from, from losing faith in white people, white people losing faith in you is Jimmy Fallon. So, Everything, everything else, 2020 and all that stuff. He was the blackest dude in NSYNC. So, you know, he he has that's this the this is the the game that he's playing. So he got to he's got to either fess up, correct it, or just stay off Twitter for about a month. <laughs> Buck, what do you think about it? Uh, should Justin Timberlake have stepped back and not said anything about Jesse Williams' speech because a lot of people tore to him saying, you know, because he was white and because he's 
he's quote unquote stealing from black culture that he didn't have a place to comment on what Jesse was discussing. Well, I mean, he probably shouldn't have said anything, and I don't think he what his comments were said was you know meant to be derogatory. He he just probably should have worded it a little bit different than what he did. I mean, you gotta remember Justin Timberlake, damn there, you know, you know, he, he you know he pretty much playing the black community as it is anyway. And, you know, he has to understand and realize that, you know, he ain't black. So you say something a little bit on the, you know, a little bit sideways, you will be, you know, you will be, uh, you will be messed with to a certain extent. But I don't think he, what he was saying was meant to be derogatory in any way. He was trying to give a man props for, you know, having enough balls to get up there and say something like that on that platform. And that's basically what he was trying to say. And sometimes we, you know, we hard on our own people, so you know we're gonna be hard on an outsider. So, <laughs> so you get what you get. But I don't think he meant any harm by it. So, you know, Justin, you just got to, you just got to realize you ain't black, homie. So, you just got to uh, understand that, you know, that unfortunately, you know, you're gonna have to make sure you word that the correct way, or just don't say anything at all and just let it ride. You know, do a hashtag and a couple of things, and that's it. You know, unfortunately, and not in today's society, it don't matter whether you're black or white, Chinese, Indian, or Haitian. You know, you will be screwed regardless. Even if you're trying to be nice, you're going somebody going to say something about it because you're always going to ruffle somebody's feathers, whether mm-hmm. you want to or not. So that's something you just have to take. That's something you got to realize in everyday life, regardless of whether you're Justin Timberlake or Blake Shelton or whoever the hell you are. So you just got to realize and understand that. And on Facebook, Michael Ransom chimed in. He says um, he thinks because he sings R&B, he gets a pass. He's wrong. He should have kept his fingers away from his phone. And, Crystal, what do you think? Okay. Oh, my God. (laughs) This is so stupid. First of all, he said, um, hashtag inspire. He started out with saying, you know, I think he said Jesse Williams, though, you know, because that's yeah. kind of like what the kids say, you know, um, in other words, to bring attention to what he's about to say. And then he said, I mean, right after that, he said inspire. He only said like three words. Right. And um, I'm like, what's the problem? You know, and why can't he speak on it? He was saying, because, you know, he was saying that he was encouraged by what Jesse had said. He was agreeing with him. And as far as this whole thing is regarding the culture, what the fuck? It's art. It's called music. You know, I mean, rock and roll, rhythm and blues, country, whatever. You know, alternative rock. If you want to sing it, then you can sing it. You don't have to be a certain race in order to sing something, in order to have something. I mean, what? I don't even get that. I am totally against that. I've always been totally against that. I think it's stupid. And, um, but whatever, you know, people wanted, they just, they just saw him say something and then they attacked him and he came back and I wouldn't have come back and said shit to them. I wouldn't have, definitely wouldn't apologize, but, um, yeah, he did apologize. Because what am I, what am I apologizing for? But I see what he's saying. I mean, he, he probably said, oh my God, I shouldn't have said, and he said, you know, I should have, I see with the audience, you know, that I'm, here I forgot where I was basically is what he said you know I forgot who I was talking to and that people you know troll in and then 
you know, he was like, well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it that way, but I wouldn't have said I'm sorry because why should I be sorry for agreeing with, with him? That, that makes no sense, you know. And well, so I, I, don't, I don't agree with that. I think what they did was stupid, but I see it all the time. And black people do that shit all the time. It's just, you can't have it both ways. You, know, you really can't have it both ways. So it may, it, it, I don't know. Uh, it just pissed me off. Yeah, it really took me out. I think it's ridiculous. I, I, I look at it like this. I see it. I see it two ways. Um, I don't think Timberlake was wrong for saying he was inspired, but I also don't think like Twitter was wrong for tearing into him. And I'll tell you why. Um, what Justin Timberlake did is actually what Jesse Williams was talking about in the speech. If you listen to the speech, he talked about people who will be all rah-rah for something good, but they're not that way. Nobody be be heard when it's something bad. And, like, Justin Timberlake commenting on that speech was kind of kind of put him in a good place. It was good pub. I'm not saying he didn't mean it, mean it, but it was good publicity for him. But if you check Justin Timberlake and someone on um, on um, this talk show that I watch um, had – you know, they're not people just have nothing better to do. They had researched his timeline for like two years, and he's never commented on any type of crime against black people or something of that nature, according to them. So they were stating, if you're not going to speak out against the bad, then keep your mouth shut when it comes to the good, which is what Jesse Williams said in the speech. So I think that's why black Twitter lit into him, because it's like you'll sing on stage with Stevie Wonder and everyone say, oh, kumbaya and everything, but you know, if Stevie Wonder got beat up by the cops, would you be there to say anything and speak out against it? That's what I think everyone was insinuating. So I don't have a problem with black Twitter and what they did, but I understand why just you know, Justin probably was inspired by the speech. It was a it was a great speech. So and that's another that's, thing. why do I have to pick up goddamn why do I have to do that? With you know, have these people like on black Twitter and whatever and yeah, what Jesse was talking about, half of them most people are not going to go and walk, do the walk, or fight, or say what Jesse's like one guy, <laughs> you know, outwardly speaking. And um, most people aren't going to do that, but they want to tear everybody down. Who says that I have to do anything, especially if it's not necessarily my particular fight or whatever? People fight for what they, what speaks to them. And and I'm sorry, I'm not exactly a full-fledged um, fan of Black Lives Matter. I mean, the actual group. I'm not really mm-hmm. a fan of them. I think they came about kind of haphazardly and ridiculously. But they're young, so whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, I, I mean, I don't, like, if I had never said anything, would never say anything um, or hashtag Black Lives Matter or, you know, fight for whatever particular cause they happen to be fighting for at the moment. Um, then, I, you know, then, oh, oh well, so now I can't say anything because it's something positive I want to say. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Maybe I don't want to have anything to say with something negative. Maybe I'm just going to do something about it. Maybe I don't need to say anything. You know, I mean, I don't know. And how do you know what the hell he's doing? I mean, you don't, but I mean, I guess all you can go by is what is what you see, I guess. And I mean, it's you know, we're just like we see stories on TV 
every day of someone who overcomes something and we're all proud and it's a great moment um, and everything. And I feel like you have a right to say, Hey, that kid that lost his mom when he was two and doesn't know who his real dad is. And he still graduated from Harvard. That's a great story. But you do have some people out there who will criticize you and say, well, what did you do to help him and blah, blah, blah. That's, that's just what social media gives us. It's unfortunate. But there's always going to be someone who criticizes people on something, and that's what social media allows for. And, uh, and you're very right. You're very right. And that's a great analogy you just used. That's perfect because what if if you were a person who was well-to-do black or white, because there's plenty of, of high middle class and, and upwards um, blacks nowadays, so who were well-to-do, had plenty of money, had great parents, went to Harvard on their own accord, paid for it, whatever. And then they came out and said, oh, that's so great. He did that too. Are you going to attack this person because they didn't happen to live on that side of town? So they can't say anything? <laughs> I think I think that's ridiculous. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's what happens. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, social media has, that's just the platform people go to. That's why talk shows struggle. Because people go to social media instead of talk shows. <laughs> but um, I have a caller okay. holding. Just hit one whenever you want to chime in. Um, so d- does a celebrity and Dre? Let me go back to you. Does a celebrity have an obligation to use his or her platform to correct social injustices? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say an obligation. Um, unless you're like, I mean. No, not, I don't think it's an obligation. It's a right, but not an obligation because you don't have to be obligated to to speak out on anything. I think people do it because it's their right to do so, and they just happen to be in a position where they have a platform where millions of people can be heard. There's plenty of people that's on the front lines right now that, that aren't on social media that are using whatever platform they have to do what they can for whatever movement that they're in. Um, it's just a... It, it, I guess it's just a perk, if you will, for a celebrity or whether it be athlete, actor, musician, whatever, that they have that extra umph, if you will, whether it's 140 characters or a Facebook page or, you know, or Instagram for that matter. It's a perk for them to actually be able to get that because they have fans and hopefully the fans that they have have something in common with that person or with that artist or with that celebrity that they want to do it. Because think about it, Ted Nugent, for example, the other side of, of the uh, coin here has a platform. He's been in the music business for almost 50 years. Now, you don't really see him going on, well, he's got a Twitter account probably, but I mean, you don't really see him, unless you follow Ted Nugent, you won't understand what his platform is, which he is basically ultra conservative. Jesse Williams is the exact opposite. Because he wants, he wants us inclusive, not necessarily to sit at the table, but sometimes we may have, or have our own table to sit at. We just want to be, we want everything to be fair and equal. So if that means that you got to have that platform, so be it. I just don't think it's an obligation, though. Okay. And, well, let me go to the phone lines, to the 910 area code. The Tar Heel State of North Carolina, but he's making his way out of the Lone Star State of Texas. Welcome on, Dr. Bobby Willis. Dr. Willis, what's happening? 
Hey, what's going on, Q? How's everybody, uh, everybody else doing? Yeah, he plays a doctor on the radio. Dr. Willis, are celebrities <laughs> obligated to use their platform to correct social injustices? I think that if you um, if, if you put that up on yourself to uh, to be an activist or to uh, stand for a cause, then you've committed yourself. So at that point, you do have an obligation. However, if you're not out there putting yourself out there on the front lines as as something that you know you're not ready to be, then no, there's an obligation for it. But Jesse Williams, I think he's obligated because he's been an activist even before that speech. So if if he if he's true to himself and true to his cause, then why why would he not use his platform to further that cause or the you know uh, to to further you know what he believes in? So I think that once you put yourself out there and once you decide to take on that label and everything that comes with it, then yes, you are obligated. Uh, but up until that point, no, you don't owe anybody anything. And if you and if you're not ready for that life, then no, you're not obligated. Very interesting. Very interesting. Crystal, what do you think? Okay, sorry. Um, well, I, you know, I agree. I agree that um, with everyone that, you know, you're not obligated. But if that's what you want to do, like I was saying before, there's other celebrities who take um, the opportunity when they're on a platform like an award show because they know so many people are watching that they can shout out uh, or bring awareness to their their cause that they feel very strongly about. Um, a lot of uh, celebrities, females did it uh, last year regarding um, equal pay and things like that. So they talked a lot about that. And right. um, so, you know, there's, you know because it's, it's a platform to do that. Um, it was every woman, should every woman have done that? Did every woman get up and do that? No. But um, did every woman feel that way? Maybe. Or maybe most of them felt that way. But not everyone did that. Some just thanked God and their whatever and got off. But not everybody wants to do that. So I think if you are that person who who wants to, then you, you, within yourself you feel obligated that you must. That's why he did that. It was in himself. He felt obligated. Within those other celebrities or people, they feel obligated. So they do it because of who they are within themselves. It has nothing to do with anybody else. So that's so that's the same thing. If you don't feel obligated to do it, then you shouldn't because it, it's fake. And um, you can still help without, you know, doing that. So. Okay. And so, Buck. If a celebrity doesn't, if a, let's say a celebrity doesn't have an obligation or doesn't feel like they have an obligation to use his or her platform to correct social injustices, then who should do it and how is it done? Well, I mean, you in today's time, shoot, we got all kinds of platforms to do it on. I mean, it's not like back in the 70s where you didn't have, I mean, today you got, you got the internet, you got Facebook, Twitter. Um, you have, you know, Instagram, um, all these, you know, all these platforms to do it on in addition to television and radio. So if you, you know, and, you know, back in the day, all you had was television, radio, and, you know, maybe a function like, you know, go to church and say something there or, you know, something like that. But today you have several options to do it on. So, 
You know, you're going to be heard regardless in today's time. Even if you don't, even when you least expect it, you're going to be heard. So there's other platforms he could do it on, but I didn't have a problem with, you know, the platform that he used because, I mean, you had several million people watching it. So, you know, sometimes that's what it takes. I mean, and really and truthfully, you know, if somebody, if this, you know, people want to complain about it, you know, let's complain about what Donald Trump's doing in the presidency, you know, and how he's been, you know, doing his presidential campaign, you know. So, I mean, some of the tactics that he's using is definitely unprecedented. And, uh, you know, he's actually paying people to cause a ruckus, you know, in the, uh, you know, when he's coming to these cities and so forth because he likes the uneducated. So if you want to talk about something, let's talk about that. Let's not talk about what this man is bringing you know, bring it to light because really we need to bring awareness to it because it's something that's happening every single day in this country. And, you know, it, it's not, you know, you know, it's just, it needs, it needs to be dealt with, but, you know, I don't see a problem with him using that platform, but there's tons of platforms. He, he can say it on, but he felt the need to say it on national TV because there's still a lot of people that watch a lot of TV Obviously, because damn, I mean, shit. Look at how big these some bitches are. Everybody watching, so I don't see a problem with it. Okay. Does anybody have any want to add to that? As far as you know, if celebrities don't do it, and how how does it get done? Uh, yeah, I think I want to say something on that. I think that um, I think that if a celebrity, um, you know, is in the shadows or in the company of close friends and family is always trying to, you know, uh, support a cause or, you know, and I'm not talking about a cause like maybe charity or something like that. I'm talking about activism. If they're, you know, they're like closet activism, then, you know, I think that they are not, um, they're not true to what they believe in because the average person would love to have a platform like they have to get up and, 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 um, you know, participate in activism uh, to get their message out. So I think it only makes sense that if you, if, if you have that platform where you can reach millions, why not use it? You know, uh, but the problem is that a lot of folks, they're comfortable, and it's like, you know, hey, I live good. I don't want to mess up what I got going on. So a lot of people live in fear that if they say something, then they're going to lose all the stuff that they've worked hard for or built. And, you know, and I think that we're fortunate as a people that our ancestors didn't feel that way. They they risked they risked you know they risked it all for us and they weren't afraid to lose you know what they've had or what they've built or what they was trying to accomplish so you know we're not built that way nowadays not a lot of us anyway so for people like Jesse Williams I applaud them you know that's a platform you know you can reach millions of people if if activism is is what is true in your heart then yeah stand on that soapbox get on it you know use it. But if you don't, then don't be doing that, you know, in the closet. I mean, you know, because now, you you know, you're coming off fake. You're not believable. And, and you know, it, it just ain't right. And for, the, and for those guys who are not celebrities who are out there pounding every day, you know, they probably wish they had that opportunity to get in front of millions to uh, speak what they have to speak or, you know, preach what they want to preach. So I think that I think that the people who, who take the opportunity to um, take advantage of their, of their platform, you know, good on them. They should. Okay. Anybody else want to chime in? I want to chime in. 
Go ahead. I'm going to chime in about platforms. I'm on the platform right now. I want everyone to go to crystalshow.com and check out my <laughs> shows and Dre's show. And I want um, everyone to go to crystalmakerson.com to check out my books. So there's my platform. Three four seven two zero two zero two one five is the number. Shameless plug. Shame. That's awesome, Chris. That's awesome, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I want to move on to one more topic, Um, and then we'll. Do final thoughts, and then we'll do a little zone coverage and talk about this Kevin Durant thing real quick. But um, I don't know if you all, unless you just haven't been on on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, by now you should have heard of one Irvin Randall, aka Mister Steal Your Grandma. This is a 54 year old man in Houston. He's an elementary school teacher in Houston, Texas, who got a selfie stick and took some photos of himself. Uh, he's a pretty buff guy to be 54. He's in great shape. Um, he was dressed in some very stylish fashion, something you'll see some of the more hip people wear, I guess, for lack of a better phrase. And, you know, some people embrace them. Some people have a problem with them. So, Crystal, let me start with you. How do you feel about Mr. Steal Your Grandma? Do you have a problem with this 54-year-old man and his newly found fame for being like the newest social media hunk? Okay, first of all, I thought he was in his 60s. So um, I saw 54 in an article that I read, some news station. Really? See, that's why you shouldn't have gray hair. Guy, you look like he's 60 or 70. <sighs> okay, anyway. Um, yeah, so I don't like gray hair. Well, I mean, hey, I mean, you know, he looks good. He works out. I mean, I know plenty of 50-year-olds um, who, you know, work out and look great. I mean, Dre and I know one rock. <laughs> the rock. <laughs> he, you know, I mean, he's in his fifties, you know, and he worked himself out, and he looked great, you know. So, I mean, yeah, you can do it and everything. Um, whatever. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I thought he. Was, I'm sorry. I thought he was in his sixties. <laughs> nope, he is fifty-four. He looks well, old. I have gray hair, I Crystal. Mean, <laughs> so, Go ahead. I mean, criticize, yeah. me. criticize me. Go ahead. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but you don't have a problem with his newfound fame? No. No, I don't. I mean, no, of course not. I mean, I think anybody should, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are. I mean, just do your thing. I mean, whatever. Because, you know, a lot of times, I think it's really good, especially for the uh, 20-something-year-old girls who have to, who like to marry the older men for money. I mean, it's kind of cool for them to actually be with someone who actually has a body. Usually, they just have to be with some, you know, guy, the Molu Mogul guy. <laughs> but you have to take pills and order and drink a lot in order to do anything. So, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. yeah. no, seriously. You know, hey, you know, work out. Look great. You look great. So, why not? 
I mean, it's all stuff from the gray hair. Other than that, he looks great. Fabulous. And Dre, what do you think, man? I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, I'm not checking for him anyway. But I mean, honestly, if I can, I'm forty. I'll be forty-seven this year, and if I can get like that by the time I'm fifty-four, then hey, I'm trying to do it. But I mean, it was, it's no different than any other social media person or one Instagram model that does what they do for about a couple of months and then it fizzles out. I mean Right, Jeremy Meeks. You know Right, Jeremy Meeks. Yeah, well he has, he has a modeling contract now. This guy may be able to parlay into what is that the the most interesting man in the world he might be able to get from, hey, from a That's a good platform. That's a good spot. That's the most interesting brother in the world. That's the most interesting brother in the world. But as far as the gray hair, I think the gray hair is what is the draw, personally. I think the gray hair is a draw. Because in a world where we still, it's dudes using black ice on everything, I think the gray hair is a draw. So Using what? Black what? Black black ice. What's that? Okay. (laughs) Picture, Picture, if you will. See, I a need Gray around to tell me stuff because I don't. <laughs> Picture, if you will, a brother who who is is follically challenged, right? Got the whole receding hairline going, and everything, and everything is oh, cool. keeping oh. follically challenged. I like that. Follically challenged. Right. That's right. Oh, follically that's challenged. Good. So he's got the receding hairline and everything. So we go oh, to the okay. barber shop, right? And they have yeah. this stuff called black ice, which is basically graffiti on your head. So what oh, they yeah, do, they yeah. get they get like <laughs> cards and they they actually spray this stuff on your head. Yeah. And it yep. looks like you have like a natural like real hairline when that shit is just basically yeah. paint. So yeah, it's funny. So they got guys doing that all the time now. I'm like, give it up, because I mean, I saw this one dude the other day at the gas station. He had he you know his hair was locked up and it was down past his shoulders, but the front of his hair was the front of his head was still loading. And he had the black ice on his head. I'm like, dude, you don't have hair on half of your cranium. What do you, you know, but long story short, I think it's cool. You know, if he wants to do it, fine. I mean, we'll see what happens. What, it's July now, so let's see what, if he's still got the same momentum come November. Well, I, I, I think that, uh, first of all, just a public service announcement. If, if your hair is buffering, all right, if it's at 50%, <laughs> In the top of your head, <laughs> you need to do like Teddy P and let it go. All right, let it go. You know, it's it's ridiculous to see people. Don't armor all your head because right. you're trying to have a hairline. All right, don't don't go Jermaine Jackson. Please don't do that. And they sit right. That, that's that's exactly, oh my god. That, yes, Jermaine. That's Jackson. the best example you have. Jim, Look, Jermaine Jackson's hairline looked like he had just got through doing linear equations on his face. Linear equations. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I first of all, he had, he had I'm going on to Jermaine Jackson. I don't know if he had surgery or something. Breaking up. But he looks like he shaves. Up. He looks like he shaves with a fork. Second of all, your hairline. Should not start a half an inch above your eyebrows. Thank okay. you. Yeah. Second of all, mm-hmm. your sideburns should not be connected yeah, to the 
corner of your eyelids. I mean, dude <laughs> really went wrong with what he did. It looks horrible. Yeah, hilarious. Yeah. And who and who is that damn shiny? That's the I'm trying to grasp that. <laughs> I mean, dude yeah. is glossy. Like he like somebody actually spit shine his face. He looks like it a is, he looks like an Oscar <laughs> trophy. I mean, he's just Oh my God. <laughs> he he looks bad. He looks he looked like bad. a natural bronze. He looked like he naturally bronzed. So I like mean, somebody just, just uh, got like they basted him with butter. It was it's crazy. Yeah, the way yeah, he looks like right. that. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I can't bring it down two thousand, not just a thousand, two thousand. Yeah, bring it down. Right. Like Chris Rock said. <laughs> Chris Rock said he has to wipe down his TV every time he comes on. He took that soul glow thing seriously. I mean, oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, oh, he did. yeah, he did. All right, so, I mean, like, goodness. Mr. Steele, your grandma, has had critics. I mean, he first of all, the timing couldn't have been more perfect because he showed up at Essence. And he was all over oh, Essence, yeah. popping up in um, IG photos and taking pictures of people. He was one of the celebrities when he was there. All right, mm-hmm. but people are criticizing him, mostly men, um, because of how he dresses. He's 54 years old, but he dresses kind of young. Some people say that his style is gay. I mean, people are really going in on him. Crystal, I yeah, ask you for your, your opinion. You're, you're, you're the lone woman on the show. How do you feel like um, he dresses in his fashion sense? What was it again? Say one more time. Sorry. How do you feel about his fashion sense? How did Mister Steal your grandma dress? You know, in your opinion, is it acceptable? Is it too young for him? Is it too? Uh, people say um, too feminine. I didn't. I don't really remember what he had on. Uh-huh. But, um, unless the only thing I I take issue with when it comes to older guys, I get well, not even all of them. I guess it's just. Like, um, if you're wearing baggy or, you know, pants or jeans or whatever down and you are, you know, you're trying to look like some hip hopper or something. I mean, I think that's ridiculous. Or, um, But if you look like you're just going to a sporting event, that's, see, that's different. And that's fine. But, I mean... If you're if you're too on trend, you know, you know, then I think you know you're you're doing too much. You're doing no, you know, if you're too on trend, if you're big, if you're if you're old, we're talking about older people. We're talking about older people. Is she happening right now? Did you just break the fourth wall or something, Crystal? This is crazy. I know, my right? Is here in my conversation. She's in my conversation. <laughs> it's an okay, A and B conversation. So we're talking about older people. We're on a radio show, Janet. <laughs> I think they heard you. Okay. A and B conversation. Sorry for the little reality TV show in Brad. <laughs> <That> was- <laughs> Awesome. But anyway, I was I can't remember what he had on, but um Can I speak? Mm-mm. <laughs> I love this. 
Love this it. This is awesome. It's good to see you get flustered every once in a while. I, think it's, I didn't see it, and I think it's fine, but it just that <laughs> when you try to look like you're 20 years old, I think you look fucking ridiculous. But if you just look casual, that's fine. You can wear whatever the hell you want to wear. I'm posting a he picture in a T2Q group um, under question eight. Uh, a couple of pictures for people to get a sample. But, um, well, see, my, my thing was he's just like a millennial, which, you know, he's dressing like, because he's got on skinny jeans. He's got a T-shirt that's fitting, obviously, because he's working out, wants to make sure he gets those pectoral muscles in place. But, I mean, you can do, you could be, you can dress nice and still not look like you're 20 when you're, like, triple his age. That's like the that's like that's the the exact opposite is the dude that's at the mall, who's like in his fifties, but he's still wearing basketball gear to the mall. <laughs> like those uncles from the you family know. reunion. Let me go yeah, to the phone line. The, the short set that matches with the black sandals. That dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. That's that, that, that reunion. That's. That's the barbecue starter kit, I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> barbecue starter kit? To the 510 area code. Um, he's representing the, the Bay Area. Let bring Q. on other Q. Other Q, what's happening? Hey, Kevin. How you doing? I'm doing great, uh, man. How's it going? It's doing real well. Now, here's really funny, uh, and I'm glad you guys got on the grandma, uh, the, the brother dressing up. So I had this on, on one of my shows with people from other cultures, and they celebrated the guy. And I made the point to a bunch of black folks. I said, this is what proved my four-year point of how black males are hated in the black community. When a black female does the exact same thing, dresses like a young woman, we call her a sexy cougar. We call her every victorious word we can think of. But when a guy works out, as this gentleman has worked out and kept his body up and what have you, and he wants to dress something similar to just fit who he feels like he is, he's disrespected in our community. But it was so funny. I said to the Pakistani, Chinese, and the uh, white people, I was like, this guy is, is, is disrespected in the black community. Nobody feels this is a good look. And they were like, why is that? The confusion on their face, Cousin Q, was amazing. Like, why would people have that concern? But listening to some of your fans, it's just it's a, it's evident. It's like we hate anything that glorifies males in this community. We can't even respect the fact that this guy is in the game trying, trying to dress well. But if it was a lady, like a Vivica Fox or trying to get out there in the bikini or whatever, we would celebrate it all day long. It's real weird to me how much they hate black males in this community. Okay. Okay. And, Dr. Willis, you want to follow behind that? Yeah. Um, you know I- I'm kind of with, uh, you know, Cousin Q. I mean, I feel like, you know, you get it how you live it. This guy, he, um, you know, he maintained himself. Uh, I think, I think you know, the way he dresses is fine. I always tell people anyway, you're only as old as you feel, you know. So if you don't feel, I mean, you know, a lot of folks, the reason why they, 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 they gray out and 
and you know they die unhappy and all that other stuff is because they they fear you know going old or getting old. You know what I'm saying? But for people who who you know who don't feel old, those are the ones that always age well anyway, because they're they're constantly doing things that keep them young and vibrant. This guy is no exception. You know what I'm saying? What he's doing is appropriate to how he feels. It has nothing to do with his age. He can be he can be seventy if he still feel like you know a young guy at heart. I mean, he's gonna keep doing that and it's gonna work out for him because that's what keeps you young and vibrant. Uh, yeah. And, and like I said, once you start once you start feeling like oh my god, I'm, you know I'm fifty four and I feel it, then guess what? You're gonna you're gonna manifest that. You know, and you're gonna start looking fifty four. You're gonna start acting fifty four. Actually, you're gonna start looking even older. You know what I'm saying? Because that's yeah. what you're worried about. Like people tell you me all the time, they make a good point. You make a good point yeah. saying that because you gotta you gotta stay on it. I'm forty five, so my deal is I'm always doing something. There's enough out there now in today's society that you can get out. I mean, there's enough supplements. There's enough, you know, hormone therapy. There's enough HGH. Whatever you, whatever. Avenue you want to go down. There's enough but out you know there. What? In addition the to is, in addition exercise and all that to keep yourself right. up and looking good. So take advantage of it. There's plenty of it out there. Take advantage of it. And you know, I'm 45 and I know gray's in, but I don't want no gray. So that, I mean, my thing is you got to get on top. You stay on top of your game and flaunt it, man. I mean, if you if you if you getting out there going to the gym all the time, you know, doing your exercise and whatever, and you decide you want to wear something a little bit younger to spruce you up or some different color clothes or whatever, do it. And if anybody talk about it, fuck them because they because they just jealous because they can't do it or they they don't have exactly. the feel to. Do it. That's basically exactly. it right there. That's it. Because yeah, 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 and to be honest with you, Q, when when folks ask me, they they ask me my age, and I tell them I'm forty. You know. And they and they they're always shocked when I tell them I'm forty. They say you don't look or act forty because I don't I don't even feel forty. I don't feel it. So you know, and I think that's what keeps me young and vibrant, keeps me uh you know, I carries me forward. That's motivation, it's, it's right there, brother. That's motivation because that's what keeps me going. You know, that's that's the motivation you need when somebody, you know, there was a time where you didn't want to be carded, but man, when I go in and, and buy beer or buy liquor and they card, I'm smiling. I'm going like. I'm on the radio now. But then, you know what? They look at the driver's license and freak out, go like, you know, no. I'm going like, look good, don't I? <laughs> but look, doesn't it also yeah. lead to, the thing, to the thing on a dating, how, you know, we, we always hear people complain that they can't find established people or they don't find mature people, but yet we might tell our grandma or mothers or even daughters don't even get with this guy. Point to you a long time, Bo, uh, uh, Q. Even in the Bible, Boaz was an old brother. It wasn't like he was a young 25-year-old dude dating a 22-year-old girl. So it, it, it's like we have these up-and-down versions we give for males who are older, but we have these across-the-board things we give for ladies. Not hating ladies, it's just it's kind of weird how we make accommodations for one gender and not the other in this black community. Good point. That's a very good point. I mean, I, but what Buck was saying, you know, and, and Q number two was saying, I mean, it's, if I think the, the, I think the hate, the hate came from the dudes that are out of shape like me, right. That 
aren't still in their 40s and not exactly in the best shape that they, that they, that they wore back when they were in their 20s. So they have to wear the big shirt, you know. So I, I, I just like I wore I, I gotta wear the big I gotta wear the XL shirt because that way I look at least it look halfway slimmy unless you take it off and it's like oh my god, you know. So yeah, I mean I don't have a problem with it. I mean do you know that's I mean the the pants got me because it was like okay dude those look like those are nut huggers that you have wearing on you right now. Yeah, I don't like but, the pants on on anybody of any age. <laughs> Well, he was he was he, he was having a Burt Reynolds flashback with the pants now. So that yeah, was I don't I don't care much. for the skinny jeans, but yeah, yeah I mean, as far as the guy's fashion, I think the guy's fashion is fine. Um, yeah, women do get a lot of get a pass on a lot of things, but that's just the nature of society. Um, when it comes to that, uh, that's just how it works. I mean, women for, are stereotyped to be more sensitive about their look. More so than men, and so you know, I mean, men would get criticized. Society, huh? Why, why? Why? I'm just curious. Why? Why do you say it's society when the other cultures don't do it? And oh, I which, can only speak which, for which, my society. I can only speak for my society. Um, okay. I mean, I don't yeah. know American, how they do it. American society. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, Maybe I should say American just, society. Um, um, you know, America has uh, a, a huge difference compared to other societies, and. You know, other societies get some things right. They get some things wrong, you know. But uh, everyone is, is, is different. I don't know how they do it in some of the other places. But I lived in Europe for four years, and I can tell you right now, the women in Europe, a lot different, and a lot different than the women in the United States because we are all about – okay, the women, in, the women, at least in Germany. When I was in Germany, those four years I spent over there in Germany, I didn't see – a skinny German, a skinny German no, woman. I should no, say. no, they they do not have skinny Germans or skinny Australians. No, period. they don't. Skinny they Austrian. they embrace curves, hips, all that stuff. I mean, it's. I mean, I saw some thick German women. I'm like, what the hell? You know. So, but when you get here, you got Kate Moss running down the field. Oh, she's so sexy. I'm like, no, this is, that ain't cool. I'm sorry. I just. Well, here in the United States, we don't we don't know what we want. I mean. If the, the ultimate woman here in the United States has like a 12 inch waist and 40 inch hips, I mean, we don't, we don't know what we want. Yeah. It, because it's so crazy to his point. I also lived overseas, as I said to Q many a times Romania, France, England. And and the thing is, you get these, uh, um, uh, what was, what was, uh, Sean, Sean Connery type of dudes over in Europe, they get all the action. Yep. Because they established, they you know they wear the nice Armani shoe. They look like the dude from the uh, uh, from the alcohol commercial. You know, uh, it's like okay, you know, uh, I'm not really tripping off these females. They just with me, uh, whatever. And it's like over there, they love that established thing. But here, it's a little bit weird. Like as a black man traveling, I go to a suit and tie with to a Japan. I get all the love in the, in, in the world. My homeboy. He doesn't do suit and ties. He doesn't do ties at all. He's like, man, I really can't get no. I said, dude, it's a it's a thing of they have this thing of appearances, and so just like with still your grandma, he just looks like a dude minus minus, minus jeans. I can I can understand. He just looks like a dude who's like, hey, look, I'm I'm virile, I'm ready to go. What y'all want to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. 
all I can say, I give props to Mr. Steele, your grandma, Irwin, Irvin Randall. Um, I think if the guy, the guy's in great shape. Um, I mean, the way he dresses is, is his business. Does he dress younger than what he is? Absolutely. But I mean, if, if people like it, then I guess no harm, no foul. I mean, the guy is a, you know, in the middle of his 15 minutes of fame. So I, I feel like he should be commended. You know, it's not like he really just did anything stupid to be famous. I mean, he posted some pictures and <laughs> someone recognized, right. somebody recognized and, and, and did something with it. You know, it's not like, it's not the whole Jeremy Meeks thing where, you know, you're famous because you went to jail or something like that. Yeah. But, That's what I was about either, to say. I'm like, either way, I can't hate on someone because they have a certain look that people like. I mean, if you can market your, your, your looks, then do it. And I hope this guy does, you know, get the most interesting man in the world commercials. I think it'd be pretty cool. You know, no so doubt. Funny, I, 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 I was wondering which one would women find more likely to be with, the jail guy or the older guy? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a topic for another Take show, right there. <laughs> I think the jail guy go win. I think the jail guy will stand down. Well, yeah, I mean, you got, okay, on one hand, you got Mr. Steal Your Grandma, and on the other hand, you got Mr. Steal Your Wallet. So, I mean, it's it's a, it's a point of view. I mean, they want, you know, the, the chicks who want the light skin do with the eyes and stuff like that, yeah, that was just like, they just was, I think it was, he's so fine and everything else. But, I mean, Steal Your Grandma, I mean, Irvin, I'm going to start calling him that, Irvin Randall. <laughs> I mean, he just was, he, he, he hit the right place at the right time, and plus, I have to admit, I like the fact that he gave love to the sisters too. Yeah, it wasn't like hey, women, ladies. No, he was he he was specific, very specific to the black women, to the chocolate, to the women, to the the, the dark blacker than me, dark chocolate black girl magic to, you know, light skin with you know hazel eyes, high yellow girl was just black woman. Period. So I thought that was cool. So yeah, well. Everyone, um, I know they've been posting photos of um, a woman who, I want to say she may be in her 70s that they were calling Miss Miss Steal Your Grandpa. Uh, oh, the lady, was, the lady was like, she was in shit. They need to get together. I see a love hey. connection happening. She was hot, though. I ain't going to lie. She has a banging body to, to be, even if she was 40, it would be a banging body. But uh, oh, yeah. I'll post a picture of her in the T2Q group for you all to take a look at. And, yeah, all right, so um, no zone coverage tomorrow. We'll talk a little Kevin Durant tonight after our final thoughts. But uh, so T2Q will be back next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Go to talktoq.com to keep up with the show calendar. Uh, well, well, subscribe to my newsletter and keep up with upcoming shows. So we'll go with final thoughts. Uh, we discussed Jesse Williams and the petition to get him removed from Gray's Anatomy. We discussed the backlash between uh, Black Twitter and Justin Timberlake for his comments on Jesse Williams' speech. And we talked about Mr. Steal, your grandma. So we'll go with final thoughts. And, Dre, I'll start with you, man. My final thoughts, basically, Jesse Williams, I applaud you. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, don't let anybody sway you any other way. Yeah, you're not losing your job. I mean, I don't even watch Grey's Anatomy personally, but 
you know, I might just do it for spite, not just because of the petition. Because, I mean, they did the same thing with the gorilla. So, but uh, as far as like uh, Justin Timberlake, stay off Twitter for about a month, man. Just don't do anything. Or if this was a ploy to get you a new album out, okay, smart move. But yeah, we'll see how the record, the record sales do next time. But Mr. To your grandma, just let me get the workout tape or something so I can get myself fine like that by the time I'm 47. So. That's it. <laughs> All right. Appreciate it, Dre. And Dr. Willis. Yeah, um, you know, good show. Uh I missed the first half of it, but I think that um, you know, if you're gonna call yourself an activist, if you're gonna be about that life, I think that you should take it upon yourself to use whatever platform you have available. So for those who are in the spotlight and who's putting out there and Twitter and on social media and all these other places that, you know, they, they you know, they're championing their cause and they're activists and they're actually using the word activist or activism, then they should use their soapbox. I think they should use their platform. I think at that point they're obligated. However, if they have the spotlight, they may champion something, but if they're not calling themselves an activist or if they're not using that word on the word around, then they're not obligated. That That's just my personal opinion on that. Uh, as far as still your grandma, Hey, like I said, you know, do your thing, brother. You know, enjoy the spotlight, enjoy your shine. Hope something come from it. Um, you know, if if you look that, you know, if you, if, you know, as a young man or as an older man, if you know you feel like you look that good, take some selfies and post it. See where it goes. You know, I don't blame. I don't, you know, shame or blame anybody from trying to, you know, do them. So, you know, you're only as old as you feel. And uh, that's my two cents for tonight, man. Thanks for having me on the show. All right, I appreciate it, man. And other Q? Uh, as far as Mr. Williams, uh, this is why I don't think after Al Sharpton is gone, we will have too many black leaders. Every time one tries to appear, there's somebody to try to shoot them down. And the whole point is if someone, Filipino, Asian, makes a comment about their community and in bettering their community, Nobody should get up and try to petition To get them removed and all that type of stuff Justin Timberlake That just shows that He is who he's always been And when the black community embraced him And showed him love He let everybody know how he really felt This whole time Uh, Still your grandma It's it's great for anybody of any culture Of any gender To work on themselves And that needs to be celebrated Because we all want to grow to our greatness rather than grow and fade away. Okay. I appreciate that, man. Good hearing from you. And, but, great show tonight as always. Glad to have it. You know, other Q, Dre, and Dr. Willis on tonight. Real good show. A lot of good feedback. Um, as far as uh, William, I mean, any any platform in today's time to get this out is awesome. Doesn't matter what the platform is, and when you get you know Harry Belafonte to sign off on it, you know that's that's saying a lot. So, you know my thing is you know for him to step out and you know put everything on the line. That's what more black people need to do that are, that have the celebrity, and there's not enough doing that. So. I applaud him for going out, you know, standing up there and doing that, and I don't see a problem with it. I just wish more of us would do the same and not worry about, you know, there's only so much money you can make. There's only so much money you can spend, and if you do it wisely, 
you'll always have it. So, you know, you don't need to worry about your celebrity because it's going to be there if you do if you do it right. And obviously he's been doing it right for a while, so I don't think he has anything to worry about. Um, as far as Justin Timberlake goes, I mean, I mean he, you know, he really, you know, he feel it, really feels this strongly about what he said. And he was just trying to give the man some props, you know. So be it. But you know, we have to also learn that we don't need to tear that tear everybody down all the time when somebody trying to when somebody you know just trying to give somebody a high five too. We need to exactly. look at that as well. Um, as far as the last subject goes, I think enough would be really said on it. But um, you know, if you got it, flaunt it. It doesn't matter whether you're a man, woman, or child. The bottom line of it is, you know, he's doing it in what he feels is, te- you know, tasteful. Um, he's 54 years old. He stepped out there, and, you know, he's taking care of himself. And obviously, you know, if more of us would do that, more of us would be around here a whole lot longer. If anything, we should be taking, you know, taking the cue from this guy and say, hey, if he's 54 and doing this, well, what am, what am I doing at, you know, whatever age I'm at? What what can I do to get to the, get to that point? And like I mentioned earlier, there's enough supplements, there's enough stuff out there, there's enough exercise equipment, there's enough stuff out there for you to t- you know to take advantage of it. And we just need to get up off that, get off the couch every once in a while and get out there and take advantage of it, even if it's 100 degrees outside and the heat index is 110. Sometimes you just got to get out there and do it because you might be down, you might be above the ground a little bit longer. Then, if you you know take the right initiative and do it, so maybe if anything, we should be be encouraged by this guy being fifty four and doing it because shoot, it's an, it's enough out there to get out, it done. So if you step outside and it's one hundred and ten hundred and ten degrees outside, you won't be above the ground. You'll be on the ground. You're <laughs> <laughs> gonna be on the ground if, if you. The only thing is, see, and that's that could be true. But, I mean, you can go outside in the morning time, evening time. I mean, we always – there's always an excuse not to do. They have gyms. he's showing you there's a – they got they gyms. There's, there's other – like I said, there's other avenues other than that. But I'm just using outside as an example that, you know, you can get out there and you can still do the damn thing and stay in shape. So it is what it is. But every great show as always. And hopefully some of y'all stay on for zone coverage afterwards. Thank you, sir. And Crystal, shut it down for me. Okay, it was a really good show. And um, just some really good points tonight from everyone. It was good to hear um, everyone come on. So, uh, you know, regarding the last topic, I guess basically – you know, um, Buck said it. I mean, it's just, you got it, flaunt it, period. It doesn't matter how old you are. Um, you can do what you want. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's bad for him to, and I saw what he had on. I mean, he kind of goes with his muscles and stuff because that's what kind of what you wear. When you have muscles, you wear those types of quote unquote muscles shirts, you know, to show them off. You work hard at it. So that's what you do. So my only critique with him is that he can cut off that beard. I don't like beards anyway. I think they're disgusting. But uh, I know they're in right now. Yeah, so that's whatever. The yeah, whatever. So, but <laughs> I'm not really into that kind of thing. I like the fade. Hey, the gray hair, my beard. Wow, Crystal. The what? 
I said, you hating on my gray hair tonight and my beard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you have one, yeah, absolutely. So anyway, um, other than I that, you, you know, him. he he was um, he looked good. So there, that's that's all that matters. And and I'm sure he feels good for you know being able to work out and and achieve his goals. So that's great. No matter, and you know, he's not even that old. Like I said, I thought he was in his sixties. So um, when I hear he's in his fifties, I'm like, oh well, that's not that old. I mean, you know, to be saying grandma kind of stuff. Okay, he's still 30 year old. But he. You know how many 38 year old grandmothers that are out here right now? Dude, I met a 30 year old grandmother before. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this ain't, this, ain't, this, ain't your grand, this ain't your grandmother's grandma. I mean, they grandmas are going to D clubs. <laughs> yeah, they, you know, when the toe be wrapped up and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, you got 30 year old grandmas out there. Now, maybe you have some 25 or 20 year old grandmas, too. Uh, I'm just no, saying. You don't have hey. What? Anyway, do the math on that one. I don't think so. <laughs> you don't even hit puberty until you're 10. Uh, <laughs> anyway, great show, and um, I'll let you guys continue on with the zone coverage or whatever. And I'll see you next week. Thank Come you on, very Crystal. much, you know, Crystal. You, you know you want to talk about them Detroit Lions, Crystal. Come on. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. They're getting cheerleaders this year. That's the only thing exciting about them. So. Never knew they didn't have about them. that. Thought about it. Then again, it's been a while since you have had something to cheer for. <laughs> true. Very, very true. They're still trying so to get the water straight we, up there. We have way, to be so. entertained. Right. So get the girls right. out there and entertain us. They got to get the water Sounds right good. first. So now they got somebody else to kill with the cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. That's hard. get a reality TV show, they'll be fine. It'll be great. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So. Well, my thanks to all of you. Great show. Truly appreciate it. Give you all a round of applause. And like I said, you can hear the show every Tuesday and Wednesday at 9 p.m., but I will be off tomorrow. So check me out next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Go to TalkToQ.com. Sign up for my email newsletter because I will be changing venues soon. So you won't be able to find me at Blog Talk Radio anymore. So other Q, go to TalkToQ.com and subscribe to my email newsletter. You can keep up with where I'm going. And um, stay on the line if you want to talk about Kevin Durant going from Oklahoma City to Golden State. And if you're dropping off, then my thanks for you all listening. And I will be back in two minutes, and we'll talk about Kevin Durant. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World?
if we can win a game. Be a dog. You don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. But we talking about practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice? I don't know that so much. I just think that we give players passes. Because what we do for a living, media, we love this. We, this hurts me when I had to see players do this. It just hurts me. And I'm a part of the media. What, what about it hurts you the most? It hurts me that they put their own, own identity, their own egos in front of the team. Because this is a team game, man. It's always been that way. And it's about the guys in your locker room. It's about the guys not have to stand there and ask the question. You hear what Shady said about your coach? They ain't talking about football. They're talking about nonsense. Well, it, it, it ain't the game of football, Trey. You know, I, 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 can't, I can't disagree with you. If I didn't work it, I'd walk off this thing right now. Because I'm tired of talking about this mess about these players, man. <laughs> oh, I love Herman Edwards. All right, we're back on zone coverage to discuss. What went down in the NBA? Mr. Kevin Durant decided that Oklahoma City was not the place for him, and he chose to relocate to Golden State. Now, of course, anybody who changes jobs has the right to do so. But in the world of sports, people look at things a little differently. So, uh, Buck, let me let me start with you on this first, but well, hold on. First of all, let me go to other Q. He's in the Bay Area. Other Q, what's the reaction for for Warriors fans out there in the Bay Area? Are you all happy that Durant is there, or are there some people who are like, we didn't need him in the first place? Other Q, cousin Q, man up. All right, I'll go with you, man. What's your reaction to what Kevin Durant did with the move from Oklahoma City to Golden State? Well, to me, I kind of have the same kind of irritation that I had when um, uh, LeBron James went down to Miami. Um, you trying to, in, in other words, you, you're trying to earn a cheap ring. All right, in my opinion, they, Kevin, they didn't need Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, they need a center. Okay, so now you got a situation where you got too many people that want shots, and you still haven't solved the problem that you had at the at the end of the season, which basically is the reason why you lost, kind of lost the, one of the reasons why you lost the finals because you don't have a dominant center, and if Golden State was smart, that's what they should have gone after, and not necessarily Kevin Durant, and you know Kevin Durant tired of playing in Oklahoma simply because. You know he, you know they did. You know he thinks that he can't win a ring there, and, and kind of like a you can't beat him, join him, join him type thing. And you know that's kind of like what you know. In other words, I call it a bitch move because that's what damn um, LeBron James did to go down to Miami and get you know go down there and earn a couple rings and come home. So you know Kevin Durant, they were trying to build a team around this fool during the off season, and then he decides to dip. So I, I really don't like the move. Um, it's not going to make me pull for Golden State anymore or less because I really don't. I mean, I, I like I watch watch them play. So, but for for him to for as much money as um, Oklahoma City was putting on the table for him to stay, sometimes you got to think about, hey man, they building a team for you, dude. 
And I don't think he really took a look at that. And, and I think, you know, now what if you go out to Golden State and bomb? What then? You know, so just I don't think it was a good move by his part. Um, you know, it just it looks to me it's just a, a sad day in sports. And I know he has a right to do whatever he wants to do as far as go to whichever team. But to me, I think it was a bitch move. And, Dre, what do you think, man? Um, Uh, I mean, talk about the pressure that's on uh, KD right now. If he goes there and Golden State doesn't win, I mean, does that make him look like more of a failure? uh, I got to agree with Buck. Uh, to a certain point. Um, yeah, I think it was a, it, and I liken it to when LeBron James, you know, packed up and I'm going to take my talents to South Beach and whatever and did his little, you know, bitch move that way. But at the same time, I think, I think the the gripe I have is, and, and I'm not a fan of Stephen A. Smith. So I think my gripe is with him more so than, than the actual move itself. If you if this was a job at I don't know, let's say Home Depot, okay, and you were the you were the go to guy, you were the guy that knew every part, you knew where everything was in the whole entire store, and you were only making X number of dollars, but you know you're losing to the competition, which is Lowe's, but you say you know what, I can take my talents over to Lowe's and make a little bit more money. And get the JD Power Associates best, you know, hardware store, whatever championship, whatever. So, I kind of understand where he's coming from, because again, going back now, we're all in that same demographic where we remember when dynasty teams were based on the guys that stayed there the longest, and it was an entire team, not just one person. So, and that that's for every sport, whether it's the Yankees or the Celtics or the Red Wings or, you know, whoever, or the the Cowboys or Steelers or whatever. Nowadays, athletes are really in it. They're basically bounty hunters. Yep. They're going to get the highest bid. They're going to go with them. They're going to go and get the highest bid, period. So I see where he's coming from. But like I said, my my beef is with Stephen A. Smith because he says we can't liken this to LeBron James. Yes, the hell we can't, dude. I mean, he basically – I'm just going to say it, okay, since I'm on, this is my platform to say what I got to say. I think Stephen A. is really just a LeBron fanatic, and the guy can do no wrong. So he's going to always compare something to LeBron James anyway, which I can't stand. But, you know, again, bottom line is I, 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 I understand the move, but I don't agree with it. Let me play devil's advocate really quick for Stephen A. Smith. Um. Is it because LeBron went to a team that wasn't a rival of Cleveland that maybe he thinks is different? One thing, they're in the East, though. I mean, true. I don't necessarily know. You're talking about a rival who just eliminated you this year. Yeah. I don't, you, I don't necessarily yeah. know if that's the case. Look at I don't Deion know Sanders. Yeah. Deion he, Sanders he, went from he jumped from San to Dallas. Yeah. Right after Dallas won the championship. Then he all of a sudden, I'm a cowboy. Really, dude? 
You start out in Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, again, with 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 Dion, um, let's see what it, he he won the Super Bowl with San Fran and then went to mm-hmm. Dallas. Did right. he win one again? Huh? I, well, I, I think that might. Have, yeah, I think he was. That was the year that they got. They basically destroyed Sam Humphrey. Yeah. In the Chargers that year. Yeah. Oh, like, it was like the PAL no. League. But to me, but, I mean, to me, I think the the difference. Well, to me, this is how I equate it. To me, this is the equivalent. Of what what Durant did is the equivalent to Peyton Manning in his prom leaving the Colts and joining the Patriots to play like behind Tom Brady. That's how I look at it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, and that's kind of okay. that's kind of how I'm looking at it too, because I mean, you know, like I said earlier, can't beat them, join them. You know, I don't really pay any attention or give any sentiment to what Stephen A. Smith says anyway, because he's a fucking idiot. But um, the um, bottom line of it is, sometimes you got to man up. And see, this is where I'm coming from. You have to be a man. All right, you ro- you running things in Oklahoma City. They're yeah. building a team. You they're building a team for you. When your season's over, they're they're already on the phone trying to get people to build around your ass because you're the one that that people are actually coming to see. They wearing your fucking jerseys in the stands. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So they, these people and I mean when I mean they offered him some stupid money, two hundred and thirty two million dollars over six years. I mean, that is crazy. I ain't never heard of a contract like that before. Quarterbacks in the NFL don't get that shit. And you leave and go to Golden State, and that's why I call it a bitch move, you see. Six years, $232 million. You can't spend that. You That's going to be your grandkids' grandkids going to be spending that shit after you dead and gone. So this is why I call this a bitch move. Six years, dude. And, I mean, all you can do is multiply that if you're smart. But the bottom line of it is, if you're going to go to Golden State, and this is basically, I look at this, and Quincy put a nice spin on this, saying Peyton Manning um, to playing behind Tom Brady. But this, to me, is like, it, it, it's, it's almost like Kevin Durant going to play for, you know, this almost like Camelo Anthony going to the Knicks, knowing that, you know, you're already good where you're at, and you're going over there. You, it's, um, now he's the new cancer, you know. Now I throw Kevin Durant in the same same category as Camelo Anthony or that that stupid motherfucker that um sent uh that used to play for the Lakers that came uh, Dwight, Dwight Howard. Howard that thought Dwight Howard um he's just chasing I money. I thought he's asking yeah look, just chasing look, money. No, Dwight Howard plays child that, support, man. Let's just keep it real. Yeah, child supporter. He's I understand woman, that, but I'm just baby by every woman he's ever met in well, every hey, that, in every state. <laughs> that, that's it. That's his own fault. All I'm saying is, is that that's kind of where I put Kevin Durant now. I understand the man's talent. I understand, and I'm not taking anything away from his talent or anything away from. But when you when your team is building for you and offer you that kind of money, and then you walk. You know, I ain't gonna show no love for you. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna call it exactly what it is—a bitch move. Dwight Howard and can't... now, now you—he is a cancer. Now, at this point, 
Now, if he goes out there and then, you know, obviously they're not going to win 72 games next year, regardless of whether they had him on the team or not. They but what if they only win like well, – they, hey, that's on paper. He, they ain't, they ain't going to be undefeated on NBA 2K, bro, or whatever NBA game is out now. They ain't going to be undefeated if they all souped up and and we soup them up to 99. But the bottom line of it is, is that these, you know, he's going out there, they're going to probably win maybe 50 or 60 games, and they might get to the second round of the playoff. What you going to do then? You know, you're going to be thinking about that $232 million. And what if, you know, what if we stay in Oklahoma and they whoop y'all ass next year? Because now it's personal that you go mm-hmm. over there. So what if you go out there and you lose in the second round of the playoff and you went there thinking you go to state thinking you're going to win and you get your ass swept? What you going to be thinking about then? Because they're going to be booing your ass when you come up to Oklahoma City. So I got to make a comment on Dwight Howard really quick because I can't resist a white Dwight Howard joke. But uh, he can't knock down any free throws, but he can sure knock down them women when they come in the hotel room. Hey, blocking the wrong shot. Blocking <laughs> all the wrong shots. I mean, goodness, dude. Rap, I mean, okay, look, this is called, look, I can go to the free clinic. And get free condoms. Thank you. Okay, yeah. I can go to the clinic right now and get. They may not fit, maybe too big. I don't know. Whatever. But, I can go to the free clinic and get free condoms. <laughs> what the hell is this Negro got a? Huh? How, how is he yeah. gonna understand the concept of a free clinic? He can't even hit the free throws. Hey, look. <laughs> that might be the problem. That might be that the might problem. Be the problem. I'm just I'm just saying, but I mean, I, I don't, man. I guess we're gonna have to. I'm, I actually may watch the NBA next year because I'm a college hoops guy. So yeah. I actually may watch this to see how this plays out. Because I am too. Yeah. Yeah. He's gonna Open go back night. to Oklahoma City and they, they're, I mean, people are already burning his damn jersey. So yeah, he's gonna yeah. get booed like crazy. And I have a feeling that oh, it's the okay Oklahoma City got something to prove now. Yep. Okay. They, they, they can do it without them. They can right. do it without them. And see, they built – see, they like I said, as soon as the offseason started, they started trying to make trades and everything to build around this clown, and then you offer them that kind of money, man, shoot. Man, Oklahoma City going to play with a newfound spirit, and they're going to blow everybody out because this, this, is, this was their franchise player. You don't, yep. you don't offer that kind of money to any other – this is your star, man. And for you to walk out on them like that, and I don't think I think the contract he signed is way less than I mean, obviously it's way less than two hundred thirty-two million. So it's gonna be. But that goes back. I'm definitely gonna watch. That goes back to my original point that I said that these guys are bounty hunters now, man. They don't care. There's no. You're not gonna get. I. You know. You're not gonna get Zeke, Bill Lambert, Dennis Rodman, all those guys. They're not. There's no teams like that anymore. The last. I think the last team that was actually kind of decent was was the Lakers. Because Kobe yep. was there for his whole career. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and it's like, okay, but they, they don't have the loyalty, the capitalism basically killed the loyalty. Yeah. Because the agents are trying to get paid because they want you to get paid. So, uh, and that's just like, in, just like in the NFL. I mean, you see cats going around, and I'm, I'm not even talking about Dion, I'm talking about any player that will play for two and three and four teams because he's, you know, he's good, 
But then he wants to like, okay, I'm good now, so trade me. Or he'll pull a Ricky Williams or something like that, you know. So, yeah, yeah man, it's it's. I want to see. I'm. I may actually watch the NBA next year. I'm, I like college basketball more. So, to me, it's more exciting. Yeah, I like but, the one and done yeah. in college basketball. The NCAA right. tournament is one of the most exciting tournaments out there. Oh and yeah, definitely. In all the sports, I can honestly say that's probably the most electrifying. Even more so than the college football playoff. March right. Madness is, is lit every year. But, um, yeah, I just I, – I don't – I don't know. I, I just think that a man has a right to change jobs. But if you work at, like, the what Dre was alluding to, if you work in Home Depot, you probably don't have fans, you know. If somebody – if you're working at Home Depot and your name is Bob and someone comes in wearing a Bob's, Bob jersey – then they're gonna be pissed if you go to Lowe's, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. They're gonna be pissed if you go to Lowe's. And Dang. so, this is the guy that has the fan base. This is a guy who I haven't verified the tweet yet, but said that um, that said on Twitter something about I think he made a comment after LeBron went to Miami, didn't he? About um, he wanted to be bring a title to Oklahoma City or something, or I don't know, about staying at home and being homegrown and all this other nonsense. But I can't confirm if he actually said it or not. But, I, I mean, to leave, if he would have gone to Washington, no one would have really said all that much because he's from the area. If he would have gone back to mm-hmm. D.C., people would have said he was going home. Had he gone to the Lakers, they would have said, you're looking for the limelight. Or if you went to the Knicks, you would have said, you're looking for the limelight. But to go to the team beat you, a team that has 73 games that just seems like you're trying to gravy train a ring. And even if he gets a ring, I mean, Go have I'm not going to care it. about it. I'm not going to care about it, you know. I'm I mean, not either. You know, I mean, Kevin Durant is a, is a great player, okay. But to me, he's minimizing his legacy by doing what he's doing. Thank you. Know? Yeah. If, if Peyton Manning would have joined the Patriots fun. when he couldn't win with Indy, if he would have joined the Patriots and won a ring, we'd be like, man, whatever. You know? <laughs> you just well, we still, we still you saying know. whatever, and he didn't go to the Patriots. So, I mean, so it, the thing is, it's been way worse. But what you're saying I, is true. I mean, I just think, well, I mean I'm, I'm off Peyton Manning. I'm off of Peyton, Peyton Manning because, I mean, he has two rings. I can't, I can't hate on that. Right. But... Um, I just think that what what Durant is doing or what he's done is just uh, uh I I don't know man I just feel like you just really just snubbed your nose at the fan not just the fan but your teammates too which they yeah. may have wanted him they may have wanted him gone but they probably didn't want him going there so all right now yeah. if you're Golden State and you have Steph Curry Clay Thompson Draymond Green and now you have Kevin Durant. How in the world are there gonna be enough shots to go around? Yeah, there, somebody other than the Eagles are going to play huh? Not to mention, not to mention, they're trying to trade Boga away so that way they can uh, yeah, make I sure they have enough salary cap space. Yeah. So now you got rid of your other, t- the only real threat you had for center. So I mean, now you're gonna be playing small ball, and we know small ball against bigs don't work. 
So now you got yourself in a situation where you don't have enough cap space to get somebody to at least partially decent to play center. So you still have the same problem you had before you got Kevin Durant. So what do you do? I don't know. That's a good question. That's a good question. I mean, yeah. and, and again, I don't know enough about the actual either team actually to to really say a lot. I guess I'm just if if he if they're tra- if Golden State is trade they're they're almost equally bitch movieness too because if they're doing this you know trade to just to get him they got him so they want to trade somebody to get away so he can keep him. I kind of fought Golden State too. I mean, I kind of shady. I mean, they well, basically didn't have any ducks in a row at all. Well, you got to think about this. I mean, this this that's that's a damn California trade anyway. The Lakers been doing it for years. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, it, until you know recently, where you know the the talent pool is just not as good as it used to be. And plus, you know, when you got the Black Mamba playing, he gonna make sure you only get certain players anyway. But um, you know, all that oh, yeah. it. so you got you got a new you got a new damn regime out there as far as players and, and coaches and all that other stuff go. But the bottom line of it is is that Golden State still has to, you know, figure out that issue. And, you know, you really you know, to get a dominant center, you got to have salary cap space. I mean, and then weak as fucking Dwight Howard is, you know, maybe they can try to you know, <laughs> you don't have enough you you know, you really can, you know, his it's if he wants to play. You know, now, you know, with all these damn kids he gas, now we know what the hell he was doing and why he wasn't playing on damn court because his dad was too damn weak from all that damn fucking he was doing the night before. <laughs> so, but, um, you know, so, but the bottom line of it is they, they got to get a center. And until they get a dominant center, you know, that's their issue. And Kevin Durant, this is Kevin Durant is not the answer. So they got to they have to address that. And okay, well, let me ask that, this question. There's no chance. Let me ask, let me ask this question because I need to know because who are the dominant centers out right now? Because I I have no clue. Well, I don't think uh, I mean, other than the White Howard, he ain't dominant. So maybe Q can run through who's available. Who's uh, available? I mean, Mark Gasol is not bad. But dominant, I don't use the word dominant and center these days. He's accessible. <laughs> He's tolerable, maybe. Mark Gasol is. That's who else is up, right? who up? Yeah. Yep. So, so uh, is that, is that the case? Huh? I mean, so if that's the case, I mean, it's like if there's no one, if there's no what a center that stands out. Out of all the teams in the league, then yeah, they got a problem. Because if the they need one, I mean, yeah. let's say going to draft somebody from college. I mean, but even still, you get a, you get a rookie. Yeah, <laughs> going up against another center in the league. Yeah, you got. I mean, you get a rookie now. I mean, because they're coming out of college. You know, they're coming out of high school, coming into the pros now. So you, yeah. they don't have the, you know, they really don't have the, you know, the know-how to play up against these big guys, you know, plus they got to get some meat on their bones. They got to get the Similac off their breath so they can play. I mean, there's, I mean, there's a lot of different issues. I mean, and really, like Q said, there's really no dominance in the center. There's some serviceable ones out there. But, um, I mean, you really got to get somebody that's going to 
not only be serviceable, but he has to mesh with the rest of the team. You got basically now what you have in Golden State, Golden State is too many Chiefs and not enough Indians. Because now with Kevin Durant there, now you got too many Chiefs. So mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about they're you gonna do? have to score 120 points a game because I mean Draymond Green's the only one who Clay Thompson's okay on defense, but Draymond's the only one who really plays defense and rebounds. Yep. Kevin Durant yep. is capable of rebounding, but Willie, I don't know. Well, first of all, Golden State got to solve this problem. If you're gonna mm-hmm. shoot three, you better have somebody on the goal to go rebound. Because every sh- every three they shot in the damn championship and during the during the you know the finals, there was hardly anybody standing under the damn nets. You got to have some rebounders under if you're gonna shoot. You got to get back on offense and get down court. You got to get down there and and be don't be sitting up there stopping and setting up and the other guys still on you know behind the behind the damn timeline. Get your ass down there on a fast break and be down there re- be ready to rebound if you're gonna shoot threes. And I mean, if you live by the three, you die by the three. But you better at least have somebody down there to contest for the mm-hmm. offensive board. And yeah. that's another thing, you know that that's what killed them in the damn finals. And I mean. They got to do something about that too. So it ain't just about the center; it's about getting back on offense. You know, you can't just be hop like a days ago coming down the fucking court. Now, in, in Golden State's defense, they did kind of like the addition by subtraction thing. Like we just hurt Oklahoma State. I mean, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma City, and made ourselves better in the process. So they took away, you know, twenty six points a game from Oklahoma City. And they've added it to their team, even though I don't know exactly how they're gonna it's gonna play out. But I'm pretty sure. I mean, they're gonna win some games. They're gonna score some port, some points. Um, but come playoff time, when the game slows down, like it did this year for Golden State, you have to get stops. I I, I question, you know, how they're gonna get their stops. So. I agree. But. Very interesting. It's going to be a soap opera. Yeah. It's going to be a soap opera. If the NBA doesn't have them playing opening night, they're stupid. But uh, Mm -hmm. I look at it like if Kevin Durant does not win a championship, it's going to really make him like a failure. The Golden State fans are going to hate him. They're going to say, you ruined our chemistry, blah, blah, blah. And if he wins a championship, then, yeah, he will be a champion, but – I mean, new schoolers might be okay with it, but the old schoolers going to be like, man, whatever. You know, you gravy yep. trained that championship. Because there's one thing yep. to be old in search of a ring, uh, to mm-hmm. be a, a Jawan Howard or somebody who's not necessarily a star athlete. But I feel like if yep. you're a star, if you're a Hall of Famer, uh, it's like I still don't respect Carmelo Malone for what he did going to the Lakers, he and Gary Payton. Because that was yeah. their rock, you know, and it made made it very yeah. difficult for me as a Lakers fan to have them on my team. Yep. And so I just think you 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 stay where you are and just man, just ride it out. Yeah, but you know, city that, you know, that takes care of you. You brought up and, a good point. What's that? You brought up a good point. If he wins one championship with Golden State. He's put himself in – Kevin Durant put him in a, himself in a situation that he's almost going to have to win three championships in Golden State just for it to be okay for him to be there. 
one is not going to be enough, you know, because because of his status as a player. He's going to have to win multiple championships for his legacy to. If he could win a championship and be the MVP, then maybe people will look at it a little differently. I don't don't know. I think it's going to. When LeBron went to Miami, LeBron dominated. He was he became yeah. the man in Miami. Yeah. Kevin Durant is not going to be the man in Golden State unless Steph Curry gets hurt. Yeah, yeah, and probably Clay Thompson. But I still, even if he, even if, even at that, still, Kevin Durant with his status, what he what he has done for Oklahoma, Oklahoma, you know, city, I still think him going to Golden State. You know, with his stat, his status the way it is right now, and him being one of the top three players in the in the NBA, he's gonna have to win multiple championships. He's gonna have to be at least two or three rings. He's gonna have to win in Golden yeah, State. Yeah, I think that uniform. will help people forget. Yeah, Definitely. then his legacy will be cemented. But I don't think one in the in the MVP is gonna be enough because if this is my and the reason I say that is. You can go ahead and be that MVP and win that one with your fans, you know, the fans that, you know, didn't drop by the wayside, don't want to see it, see you do it again next year. So right. I, that's the reason why, kind of like what, I mean, LeBron James only won two down there in Miami, and we were still talking bad about his ass until he won the one in Cleveland. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you see what and I'm saying? So let's, go back to what, let's go back to what Dre said talking about um, Stephen A. Smith. And even though I understand, I kind of understand what Stephen A. Smith was getting at, I do agree with Dre. Quite often he has his tongue inserted in King, King James' buttocks. So mm-hmm. my, well, how do you feel about that, Dre? A lot of these journalists get too close to the athlete, and they, they essentially don't do their jobs. No, I agree. This, to me – the integrity is gone with him as far as being the journalist that he's supposed to be because, I mean, it's almost like we could be talking about Wayne Gretzky and he's going to insert LeBron James in that equation somehow, some way. <laughs> you know, we talk about shots. You know, Gretzky may have done 30 shots in one game, but LeBron James has done like 34. So he is the greatest athlete, a basketball player of this era, in this era of this time, surpassing Michael. You know, it's like, dude, stop. I mean, just get off it. That's, that's about as bad as Joe Buck and uh, any anybody who any game he calls, because he yeah. only calls the that's Giants, it. the Cowboys, and the Packers. That's it. He didn't call anything. He calls that's anybody it. else. But I'm just saying, the integrity to me is lost when you are that close to the player, to where you can't even. Acknowledge somebody actually being good, yeah. For, for what they have, without making sure that oh, by the way, LeBron James is still the best player in the era. I mean, come on. I mean, I, I mean, he kind of shocked me when they were when they were down three to one. He actually actually said so. Steph Curry is like he's on fire or whatever. But I mean, we all know how that ended, and it was right back yep. on LeBron James. He was driving the bus. So. Yep. You know, I mean, I just think that the integrity of his journalism is in question to me. Yeah, so, and I, I second that because he is riding LeBron James' dick just a little bit too too much. I mean, way he'd too probably, much. 
way too much because I mean he you know he could be talking you know we could say something about NASCAR and then bring LeBron LeBron James gonna buy no. a damn Chevrolet team next week. So yeah. I mean I mean so you know mm-hmm. that's, I mean you have to be unbiased when you tell sports, even if it's your favorite team. Even you know if even if it's a favorite team of a different sport or whatever the sport may be, and Stephen A. Smith, his journalism has he's bringing he's actually bringing it down to the point where, you know he's not he's not even you know I don't even listen to Stephen A. Smith anymore, and I mean I understand that's part of his persona to be that shock value type guy yeah. you know or whatnot. But he's actually tarnishing himself at this point. All right. I mean, but you know what though? He it goes both ways because just like Stephen A. Smith loves LeBron so much, you also have people like Michael Wilbon who hates teams so much that he can't be bi- yeah. he can't be unbiased when describing other other teams. Like Michael That's Wilbon. True. You know, he he despises the Cowboys. He despises the Lakers. So he can rarely (laughs) say anything good about them whenever he's asked about them on PTI because of his, you know, he's biased. So I think you have some people who love certain players too much. And then he also won't say anything bad about Barkley, Tiger Woods, or Jordan either. Uh, So, but I, I, you're, you're not doing your job if you're throwing softball questions. Like one of the biggest, just kiss ups, suck ups that I can I remember seeing for the first time when I started noticing was Amar Rashad. Amar Rashad, oh. man, Amar Rashad did everything to Michael Jordan except give him a reach around. Okay, yeah. this That's dude, true. this dude would come on the air saying, "Well, I was in Michael's home when I was playing with his little boy Jeffrey." I'm like, "Really, dude? That's how you're leading your broadcast." Yeah. You know, we already know you're not going to ask anything tough. When Michael, you know, had the gambling allegations and all that stuff, it's like you knew not to listen to anything where Amara Rashad said because yep. he wasn't going to ask any tough questions. I'm still wondering what Felicia Rashad, Rashad sees in him. But I don't know. Dollar sign. <laughs> Dollar sign. That's, 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 like, that's about all he's seeing. That's just like Bob Costas and, and Barry Bonds, too. Bob yeah. Costas tried to, I mean, tried to uncover everything from the man's childhood. Now, I'm not a fan of Barry Bonds at all, because I, I still think the asterisk should go by his name. But Bob Costas was on a crusade about this kid. And I'm, I'm like, wow. But they wouldn't do that with Pete Rose. Right. Now I tell you know, somebody so, yeah. who who doesn't care, Jim Gray. If you're familiar with Jim Gray, who's sideline reporter for a long time in the in the NBA, uh, now he does a lot of work for boxing. Um, I think on Showtime um, or mm-hmm. HBO rather. Jim Gray would ask questions that have you and had players pissed on the sidelines, you know. And there were some <laughs> people who did who agreed not to do interviews with Jim Gray, but he didn't care because he was doing his job. <laughs> You know, and that's how I look at it. You're supposed to do your job. I agree. I mean, that's that's basically what it comes down to. That's the. I mean, that's your livelihood. Do your damn job. I mean, you could. I mean, and it's what cracks me up is the fact that Stephen A. is a 
he's a Knicks fan. So you would think he had some kind of bias toward the Knicks. But no, it's all about LeBron. So God forbid if that kid actually went over to the Knicks. He would probably have a corner. His head would explode. Right. So, yeah, I mean, the journalistic integrity, man, it's – because if you get guys like – and I even listen – and I'm not a real big fan of Mike Greenberg. Uh But Greenberg, at least, he'll call it like he sees it. Yeah. He's not – I don't think – he's not a – he takes on all coming. He's not a fan. If he is, we never know. Right. Greenberg. So, I mean, so I can actually – I can actually deal with his show. All right, fellas, but let me go ahead and wrap it up. I appreciate you all having the discussion. And um, like I said, T2Q will be off the air tomorrow. And we'll be back next Tuesday to discuss more current events and relationships. And Zone Coverage will be back next Wednesday to talk sports. Sweet. Awesome. All right. So I thanks. To all of you joining the Talk to Q Radio show tonight, Dre, good to have you on, man. Don't be a stranger. Thank you, brother. I'll catch you in the future. And everyone have a great night. Go to talktoq.com. Peace out. Hi, this is Aaron Anderson of the Marriage and Family Clinic at RelationshipRx.net. And you're listening to the Talk to Q Radio show. No experts, just opinions.